0: WHTT.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In
1: today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to entitle this Mainline and Catholic Churches Can End Zionist Wars. And I'd like to read a little preface here to our discussion tonight. WHTT focus must expand from our efforts to convince neo Christian Zionists of their errors to a focus on mainline traditional Protestant and Catholic church leaders. They must take a strong public stand for peace, and doing so will bring the end of neo-Christian Zionism. There is a cost for peace. We must remind the mainline that they already know that God is on the side of peace and order. Chuck?
2: Okay, Uh, this is kind of a suggestion for an expansion of what we're doing not in any way intended to withdraw our interest in trying to change our brothers and sisters who are caught up in the dispensational movement. Most of us have come out of that movement ourselves, and so we know it can happen. However, in being practical about this, we see the mounting push for war on an international basis, and now focusing on and even talking about a possible atomic war, with Russia. It's not off the table. They do talk about it. And of course, Russia is supporting the Middle Eastern efforts of Iran and Syria. And so uh, we have this tromboret being talked about Iran, Syria, and Russia together. And people are talking about these wars are serious. And as evidence of that, we've already destroyed five Middle Eastern countries completely. So we see the possibility that mainline churches. We'll become more excited about this, more concerned about it. And we really need to present very simple evidence to them. It's not going to be as difficult as talking to uh, Christian Zionist pastors and deacons and board members and and people in their churches who are are really brainwashed about the things that we've come to understand so well. So we're looking for an expansion. We need to find a way to finance it. We need to find a way to do it. We need to find the technology and a lot of things, but the huge, big mainline churches out there from Roman Catholic all the way through, someone called me today and mentioned that there are other branches of the Catholic churches that they think are already very anti-Zionist and concerned. And so uh, we have not been focusing effort on that. It hasn't been where we've taken our pickets. We really think that a lot can be accomplished if we find some methods to reach out through social media to these big churches that we can find a way to reach. And so with that, we have a little paper here that we're going to discuss about why the mainline churches are going to be much
1: easier for us and why we'll make a lot faster progress there. Well, first, Chuck, I'd like to mention one of the problems that I see with the neo-Christian Zionism religion, and many of the evangelicals, is that they really hold dual religions. And one of those is the official religion of the United States, and that's the religion of patriotism. And so what the United States does, big example, when we went to war against Iraq, President Bush said, you're either for us or against us implying that if you were against the war, you were somehow on the side of the terrorists, which is nonsense. So it's a very difficult thing to get people out of these dual theologies, if you will, because there is a lot of patriotism associated with neo-Christian Zionism. As followers of Christ, we need to be focusing on what Christ taught uh, to love your neighbor as yourself, Even love your enemy, and uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the sons of God. And so with that kind of thought here, we'll discuss some points that Chuck would like to make and being able to reach out to the mainline and Catholic churches. Point one, organized structures exist within America that can bring wars to an end. It is the long-forgotten sleeping mainline and Catholic churches. They possess the structure, money, and membership. Many already have modest anti-war movements within them. What they lack is understanding of neo-Christian Zionism and the will to face it. Simply stated, they do not see the need for conflict and they want peace within. Two, neo-Christian dispensational churches are the problem that are often referred to as Christian Zionists and sometimes evangelical are permanent captives of the world Zionist movement. Unfortunately, WHTT cannot change them fast enough. Their mainline competitors can. Their structural positions must be faced and changed. Their leaders need to understand neo-Christian Zionism. Three, neo-Christians are the only sect that claim to follow Jesus but that accept the false premise that the Israeli state can enter God's kingdom in mass without first being converted to Christianity, even believing in Jesus Christ. This is the essence of Christian Zionism. It makes Neo Christians willing slaves to Jewish Zionist war posture.
2: And I would say that the punchline is the last statement there, and I believe this is something that the Typical Lutheran or Methodist church doesn't have a very good grasp of. They really don't understand that the Baptist church down the street or the little evangelical church in the corner or maybe even the Sunday school meeting that's being conducted inside their own church building by somebody called like Precept Ministries, this happens all the time, is really selling this notion that the Jewish Residents of the state of Israel can march into God's kingdom in mass without any conversion or any kind, without any belief system whatsoever, at the great apocalyptic times at the end of time. In other words, the thousand year reign. People in mainline churches consider this to be kind of silly, and they should, and they really don't have a good grasp of it, and they don't realize what it does to people who are under this teaching week after week, year after year, raising their children under this premise and actually growing up believing in these events. So that's uh, my reason for writing these lines. I'll let others comment.
3: Well, well, Chuck, I want to uh, jump in there too, because, you know, you mentioned precepts, but Bible study fellowship is in a lot of uh, these mainline churches as well, and it is a strong Zionist organization. And so, Even though the denomination may not take a pro-Zionist stance, the membership that attend these Bible studies are being swayed to that uh, Christian-Zionist position. And that's something that's in, I think, in a lot of these uh, mainline churches.
2: Absolutely. And Precept Ministries and Bible Study Fellowship, BSF, are the big ones. Absolutely.
1: I'd like to add just... A little anecdote here about precepts ministry. My wife, who passed away a little over a year ago, was a a Bible teacher, and she taught precept ministries for a number of years at our church, but five and a half years before she passed away, she told me that she was no longer going to teach precept ministries because of the theology of K. Arthur. And so, much to her credit, she, I guess she had sympathy, obviously, what was going on to our brothers and sisters in Christ in Palestine from the Israeli occupation. And so she stood up and started uh, developing her own Bible studies. And so, you know, those are not mass conversions, but we have seen, as Chuck has mentioned, you know conversions even among ourselves out of Christian Zionism, but it's a very slow process. Well, I'm sure that would have made you feel real good. Um, I'm glad that happened. Yeah. Well, too. yeah, it it, it, it was, I mean, you know, I didn't prompt her to do it, but she understood the importance of it because she took uh, it very seriously teaching women and she was respected and uh, had hundreds of women that she did influence. So, Going one step, even you know some of these bad theologies still get people to come into the kingdom. But I guess the point is that as you accept Christ, you need to build on that foundation and use the Bible as your guide and not necessarily trust your pastors, what they say, just because they've been educated. And we've seen this where uh, people just seem to go along the concept of being cheaple where they just follow along and are there in church basically for social gatherings and it's a comfortable place to have the family and children in and that kind of thing. Okay, this is uh, point four. Fortunately, traditional Christian churches, including Catholics, have never accepted the Antichrist idea that any ethnic group has a free passage to heaven in mass. Only Christian Zionists believe and teach this, I did have another interesting anecdote. I happened to meet the bishop here in Phoenix, Arizona, over a year ago at a function. And I asked him our question, is the modern state of Israel a fulfillment of biblical prophecy? And his answer was kind of telling, actually, because this concept of God giving the land to Israel was, is foreign to most Christians. And he kind of reaffirmed that. He said, well, many Jews believe that. And so he didn't even mention other fellow Christians, but that was not even on his radar.
2: Well, that's good. And I uh, attend a very traditional old line Protestant church. And I can tell you that BSF is alive and well, a functioning underground right there in the church. And that most of the people that attend attend, At one time or another, sit through uh, one of these classes or part of them, and it's contrary to the teachings of the church, but it's volunteer, it's professionally done, and it's there. And we will find this in just about every mainline church that we go to. We'll find some indoctrination that's going on teaching this concept of the idea that an ethnic group, Jews, because they live in Israel, can be ushered into God's kingdom, and will be in Mass without any conversion of any kind, without believing in Christ. And it completely violates everything that we find in the New Testament with very few exceptions, and those exceptions are, are just clever stretches.
3: Let me jump in on that one. Chuck, what you're describing there is a really dual covenant theology, and that is not something that's totally embraced by the Christian Zionists. A lot of the Christian Zionists believe that Jews do have to come to know Jesus to be saved, but they believe that's going to happen in the last days when the rest of the church is raptured out, and then uh, God's kingdom comes or whatever happens, the tribulation, and then they come to a saving faith. So they believe, the, the Christian Zionists I know, that God's going to deal with the unbelieving Jews. It's not our responsibility, so we don't have to evangelize them, but they will come to Saving knowledge of Jesus somewhere down the line.
2: But the then, would they then say that we really need to treat them as though they're already saved because God has ordained they're going to be saved?
3: Right. The ones that are going to be saved are going to be saved. You know, a lot of this comes out of the, you know, Calvinism with the whole once saved, always saved and the predestination and all that other stuff. It's so convoluted. And that's the problem with this whole Christian Zionist thing. You've got the evangelicals looking with disdain at the uh, Catholics and other mainline churches. Well, these people really, they don't believe the Bible, so you know they're just our poor ignorant brothers. And they look with disdain at these other members of the body of Christ and say, well, they're just not as informed as we are because we have the truth. And it gets into this big fight on what the truth is. You guys know that I'm a Greg Boyd fan. I, I follow his ministry. He just did a a piece entitled, What is Truth?, and talks about how the out of the 1500s, 1600s and all this, these Christians were fighting each other, the Catholics were fighting the Protestants, and, and, and just on and on and on. And the church has lost its way as far as the ministry of Christ. And we hold these truths. We talk about the, the ministry of Christ, the ministry of peace and reconciliation, not of wars. And that somehow, that message somehow gets passed, these evangelicals and somehow they can justify these wars for Israel because that's God's apple of his eye and you know that's his problem
1: isn't that because they conduct these verbal wars against other theologies I mean you've got the arrogance of some people that I've noticed their theology is not to be disbelieved and that uh, everybody else is wrong right uh, Mm
2: the evangelicals or the neo-christian zionists as we call them in this, this story for one of the, placing a name on them they basically take the attitude that israel cannot be touched that if israel does it it's okay that israel's wars are our wars and mm-hmm. that what israel wants to do we need to get along with this is the big gap that i find between dispensationalists i know who are in dispensational churches and under the teaching of, say, K. Arthur uh, or BSF or some pastor and the main line. The main line, people don't carry it this far. They haven't thought through the notion that the Israeli people are holy and that somehow we have to accept what they do as being godly and God's will. And it's almost in the dispensational movement, that almost is a precept of it an unspoken precept of it.
1: Okay, moving along here at point five, by allowing themselves to be captured by the Zionist movement, thousands of dispensational churches have become apologists for continuous wars against the natural enemies of Zionism in the Middle East. They have been taught to fear and despise all Muslims. Because of this hatred for Israel's perceived enemies, it becomes impossible to correct the thinking of a Christian Zionist, except slowly, one by one. Present exceptions that prove this rule include this author and a good number of our friends who have were once dispensational trained but have left Zionism one by one. And the, the author here, of course, is Chuck Carlson. Point six, cultures and governments have already been destroyed by a combination of world. Jewish Zionism and American dispensational churches. These include Palestine, Iraq, Libya, Pakistan, and most recently Syria. Point seven: Saudi Arabia, for one, is bought and paid-for ally of neo-Christian Zionism, as is the mystery warring group called ISIS.
3: Well, Chuck, I'd like to go back to your your just your, your title there. It says mainline and Catholic churches can end Zionist wars. The reason that we have these wars is because the politicians are bought and paid for by our tax dollars that go to Israel, $10 million a day, and then comes back to funnel into their uh, campaigns. And if they want to get elected, they have to bow down to the ADL and APAC, or they won't get reelected. They'll get blackballed, and, and the money will flow to their opponent. So I don't know how you awaken the mainline Catholic churches to say, this is what's being done. Our tax dollars are being used for war, and it's evil, it's wrong, it's anti-God, it's anti-Jesus, but yet there's no fire. A lot of these uh, mainline groups are interested in social justice, but they don't seem to realize that without attacking the uh, the war-making machine, there cannot be social justice. Very good.
1: Well, perhaps it's because it's such a big issue that people say, well, I can't do anything about the war nature of America and so they focus on issues that like to say social issues that can be addressed locally or even internationally missionaries in in foreign countries and this type of thing where churches do a wonderful job
3: you know i, I pulled up a few form just on the religion in America and it, it lists uh, evangelical Protestants as 25% of the U.S. population. But then you get down to Catholic, that's 20%. And if the main lines in, in Catholics could get together and say enough is enough. Any politician that votes for war is going to be out. Pretty soon the, the war-making machine would dry up because there wouldn't be people there to, to champion its cause. So, check how do we get this message across that it's up to the other church because I you know frankly unless uh, somebody in evangelical has some kind of epiphany they're not going to change all of us have had some kind of epiphany where it's been it's hit us right between the eyes that this uh, christian zionism or neo-christianity whatever you want to call it is not jesus and until the uh, main lines can realize that there's not going to be a change in the climate of peace until they do something. How do we do that? I think that's what you're looking for here. How do we bring that fire into into the mainlines and and Catholics?
2: Well, I think in answer to that, we'll be talking about that in in upcoming sessions, about how we can work on this. But I believe it will be a lot easier because the mainline people are not hung up with these enormous prejudicial hang-ups that the evangelicals have been sold over and over again, and that uh, we've all experienced ourselves. So I don't believe it will be quite as difficult as it sounds, but we are going to have to find ways to communicate with church leaders in mainline churches through the social media. And uh, that's just going to be something that we're going to have to learn to develop because that's how it's being done today. That's how Donald Trump communicates with America is over Twitter. And that's how it's being handled. It's the new media. And so this message can, I think, be very simple, pointing out the things that you have discussed, Jim, that you brought up this evening about how the mainline churches are for justice. They do believe in the biblical applications in the New Testament. They are New Testament believers. They don't tend to get hung up on ancient biblical prophecies that can be misinterpreted into uh, pre-millennial kingdoms and and uh, salvation for a colony of people who call themselves Jews. This does not permeate the, the mainline as much as it does us, and, and the Roman Catholics, of course, have their problems, but there are very strong fundamentalist Catholic organizations out there, too, that that I think can be influenced more easily. So I think we have a lot easier job talking to the mainline than we do talking to evangelicals and finding it takes five or seven years for one of them to to see the light and actually change. So we'll be working on how to do this, and all of your your help is going to be very needed.
1: Okay, moving on to point eight. The Jewish Zionist movement's next targets include Syria, Iran, and Russia— which appear to be standing together against the Jewish Zionist voice in America. We are now careening toward world war and financial ruin simultaneously under Jewish Zionism's banker plan, A World at War. This time it could be a nuclear war. Russia is a frequently stated target. Perhaps as much as $100 trillion of public and private debt overhangs the U.S. economy. It cannot withstand the cost of upcoming series of Zionist wars. We must address the economic cost as well. This is not being done by any Christ-following group I know of. And point 10, WHTT focus must expand from our efforts to convince neo-Christian Zionists of their error to a focus on mainline traditional Protestant and Catholic church leaders. They must take a strong public stand for peace and doing so will bring the end of neo Christian Zionism. There is a cost for peace. We must remind the mainline, they already know this, that God is on the side of peace and order. And of course the, the point there is this debt. Now you're we're speculating the hundred trillion is arbitrary, but there is close to twenty one trillion dollar US debt. And uh, so uh, there's certainly orders of magnitude of personal and corporate debt above that. And so as with any type of empire in the history of empires, they eventually fall. And, of course, the United States is an empire. It has a different paradigm from empires of old, like what the British did by actually uh, occupying countries. We do it a little more with subterfuge. We've got close to a 1,000 military bases spread all over the world, and uh, that certainly goes for influence, but it may be that the solution is a financial collapse, which we hope will never happen here in the United States, because it could mean a great catastrophe, but if unchecked, or if we go into a nuclear war, it's a moot point. (laughs) We may not be around to uh, worry about these things.
2: That's right, Tom. Well, a great part of the international debt, the U.S. debt, has been accumulated fighting endless wars in the Middle East and other places. And that's how we got all this debt. We didn't get $20 trillion for the U.S. government debt by giving it away to little people for lunch. The big hunks have gone out in war-making, and, of course, they don't produce anything back. It uh, produces a rise in the stock of uh, defense corporations, which the defense corporations all have stocks selling for three or four hundred dollars a share now, at least most of the ones I follow. Uh, they've had enormous profitability in their shares, and of course, through the years, we've been warned. Starting with, I remember President Eisenhower who said, Beware of the military industrial complex. So, I think the idea that Endless spending, endless taxation, endless money printing, and endless spending for more and bigger wars is something that Christians can see through. We all have to balance our budgets, and churches do too. So I believe we can use this as something to uh, point out, especially to mainline churches, that we simply just can't afford any more of this. We need to stop for the sake of our children's future. We are leaving uh, our country to our children. They are going to have to live with the economics. If we allow ourselves to become $60 trillion in debt, somebody's going to end up bearing the cost of that in the future. And these things do come home to roost. And these are ideas that need to be subtly expressed, not taking the place of, of God's precepts of love and order and peace, but pointing out that this is how we've been drugged into these wars Is through the financial aspects of the banker, cabal.
1: Well, thank you, Chuck and Craig, for those words of wisdom. And ladies and gentlemen, let's remember what Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So give peace a
0: chance. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast and be sure to visit our website whtt.org for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award winning documentary film Christian Zionism The Tragedy and the Turning Part 1 join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people start small Think big and press on towards the straight gate.